T-minus 20 seconds. Back at it, Dream 3 Podcast, episode number 12. Can't believe we've been doing this this long, but still, we're back at it. Uh, NFL season kicked off, finally, and I'm not looking forward to week two. As we That's know, right. me, and Neil have a, town. me and Neil have a big bet between the Colts and the Rams. Uh, after the performance of week one of watching Russell Wilson throw, uh, have 254 yards of total offense in the first half against the Colts, I am, I am in very, very, very much in trouble. I just want to say that Carson Wentz did not look bad. The uh, the offensive line was absolutely garbage. Absolutely, it's going to get better next week. No, I don't know who 73 Davenport is. I know we traded for him. We gave him like a six-round pick to the to the Philadelphia Eagles. He couldn't block you or me, guaranteed. I watched Carlos Dunlap just turn the corner and just run around him the entire game. He made Carlos Dunlap look like Jadavian Clowney. Made him look like uh, Chandler Jones getting five sacks in a game against Ryan Tannehill. Like, you know, there's some. Oh, I'm just happy football's back. We got some real football. Uh, a lot of good things, you know, from rookie quarterback plays. I thought Mac Jones looked like he could be the next big thing. You do lose to two. Yeah, but... I, I expected a little bit more from him. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, to I mean, to a play decent Miami's not a slouch. No, defensively, they're a good team. It's just kind of wish, you know, he did a little, did a little more and, I don't know. Got got to open up the offense a little more. I do wish in the in the Rams game. I know the Rams did end up punking the Bears, but I don't. I don't think that's Andy Dalton's team. You let Justin. You live or die with Justin Fields there. Well, I I told you this a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, if Matt Nagy wants to keep his job, I think he I think he has a better chance of keeping his job if he lets Justin Fields start Week One versus Andy Dalton. And I I. I, I think that was the dumbest decision to play Andy Dalton. I mean, there's a it reason why he's not. He hasn't really played the last two years. It absolutely is. And I definitely agree. I think you you draft Justin Fields in the first round. You have to play him right away. No matter what Andy Dalton's done in his career, which has been mediocre at <laughs> best. Anyway, from Cincinnati to Dallas to, to now, like Justin Fields in the preseason, man, He's got superstar potential, so just let the man play. Yeah, I mean, he took that he took that that nasty hit, and I don't know if that was just a protection call or if he didn't see that line. That was it a safety or a linebacker who came off the edge? It was safety. Yeah, I don't know if he saw that, especially being a front side on the front side, especially right-handed thrower. I don't know why he didn't see that one coming, um, but I, I. I don't know. I think you still let it ride or die with Justin Fields. And I was, mm-hmm. and I was wh- surprised by it, but I was happy as a Rams fan because that means I didn't have to play against them. So. And then if you look at, you know, if you look <clears> at the hard <throat> stuff, you know, everyone was banking on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence looked, you know, okay. Three touchdowns, three interceptions, but he plays on a bad team, man. That's a bad roster. That's a bad roster. That's a bad but coach. I'll say a, uh, their wide receiving core, their wide receiving core is pretty decent. I would say. I, I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is the offensive line, 
and literally everybody else on that team. So it's going to be the offensive line. It's going to their defense can't stop anybody. I mean, they got a Texans yeah. team who's not really trying to win. Who has Tyrod Taylor now? Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's but, a game managing quarterback, and you let him torch you. Absolutely. You just, what thirty four or thirty seven points? Uh, I, too, many. Was, too many. Too many. But now there, you got Bleacher reports coming out talking about you know Urban's having issues with his assistant coaches because Urban for some reason is like losing his mind for preseason losses and the players don't like him and you already have yeah, because this. he's a he's a college coach it mm-hmm. doesn't work like that in the NFL and we talked about we talked with Chris last week of you know how Bill Belichick handles things how yep. you know NFL coaching staffs handle things way different than a college coaching staff, a college coaching staff can take this 18, 19, 20 year old kid and berate him and make him run and do all this stuff. You know, a professional grown ass man, he's probably, you know, late twenties, maybe early thirties, been in the league a while. He's not going to run no sprints. He's going to call his agent and be like, get me the hell out of here. And you know, you're not going to have a locker room like that. So I think urban's going to be on the hot seat. He might be a one and done. He might be looking at that USC job next year. I don't. Why would he go back to college? I. That's the thing. I never understood why he went to the NFL first off, especially with both the medical issues that kept him out of Florida and Ohio State, which, which I know, aren't all true to begin with. But like, I. I don't know. I don't see. I don't know why he would go back to USC. I don't know what he could get out of it. Just success. Yeah, but what? What else does he have to prove? Doesn't matter. Look at look what Nick Saban did. I mean, Nick Saban was a failed NFL coach. Went back, went to Alabama, and look at him now. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I know, but he stuck with it. Like he didn't quit after six years on each one of his teams. Well, I don't. It's, know. Ur- I don't it's know. Urban. I, I think I don't. Urban. I never liked Urban. I felt like no. he was going to ruin Trevor Lawrence to begin with, and you know, it's sad. But Trevor may not may not actually do anything in the NFL for the first three or four years until he gets a true coaching staff and players around him to help. Agreed. And yeah, that the team, that owner, complete trash. Oh, last thing that I'm thinking about it, you know, uh, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he got put on the IR today with a hip injury. It's Taylor Heineke time. I want to see that kid ball out. Looked really good at the end of last year. Got a contract, you know, came from, what was it? The, it wasn't the XFL. It was the, it was a spring league. It was the it wasn't USFL. The whatever whatever the spring A-A-F? league was called. Yeah, the, like the Seattle Battle or the St. Louis Battlehawks. But I want to see oh, that yeah, kid. Yeah. I want to see that kid ball out. You know, he's earned the spot. The XFL, wasn't it? Was it? The, no, I, I think it was the XFL, it, wasn't it? It might be. Whatever. I just want to see him ball out. But you know, he's got scary Terry. Doesn't have really much else around him. But the kid can make plays. Yep. So. Uh, gotta remember, take the time, thank, uh, thank our, uh, sponsors, you know, protectyourslabs.com. follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter, use dream three to get 10% off all your orders, gradedship.com. always protect your cards when you're shipping them, because we all know that we hate the postal service. They lose yep. stuff. They break cards. They break everything. You don't like it. So Make the investment to invest your cards that you sell. It only costs you a couple bucks. You get 15% off if you use Dream Dream 15. So go to gradedship.com. So let's jump right into, uh, we got a couple guests today, which is awesome. 
you know, as the card world is blowing up, you're seeing, you know, different places to sell your cards. It used to be, you know, when we first started up, it was just eBay and you could get away with eBay for a long time. But now as the hobby is becoming more and more, you know, ginormous, <clears throat> eBay is catching on. And those seller fees, man, those seller fees kill you where it's at. 12, 13% kills you, dude. So if you sell, you know, let's take my my LeBron BGS 10 that you pulled for me. Sold it for $4,000 and I have to pay 12% to eBay on top of that, not including shipping. Yep. So you feel like you're losing anyway. So you have, you know, a handful of companies popping up that are kind of doing the eBay thing, but a little bit different. And they're looking out for the people who are selling, which is great. Smaller commissions. So we have two great people um, from prospect.cards. Want to welcome Sean and Corey to the stream. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? I oh. was uh welcome back. I was just gonna say I was chomping at the bit while you guys were talking Jacksonville and uh Urban Meyer. I, I I'm an FC guy actually. So Are that you? was one of the that was one of the first things that I thought today. I was like, uh, oh, maybe maybe Urban will just like uh, crash and burn in one year. Maybe I would I would be down to grab Urban. You guys don't like him? I think he, so. I we had a friend at the, at the college level. He's done nothing but win. He's, I, uh, he's done nothing but win, but he's also he's he's covered up some really really bad things. And oh, hundred percent. <laughs> but, we, but we're cool with that at SC. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I'm Just fine give with Reggie back his trophy. That's all I know there. the guy who paid Reggie Bush. He he went to my college, and then you know OJ, but we won't go there. I mean OJ, OJ <laughs> got, got to keep a, his highs. We, we, we've got a whole history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had we had a buddy who who was a punter and a kicker for him at the University of Florida when he was there. So we we've heard some stories too. So, but whatever. Whatever. It's all. But let's get into it. Sean, Corey, kind of tell everybody. I'll let you guys explain. First off, tell me your guys' journey in the hobby. Like, how did you get into the hobby? What are you collecting? How, you know, what do you PC? So, Sean, I'll let you go ahead and start. Okay. Um, so, Corey and I have been buddies for a long time. Is it 10 years now, I think? Um, but we basically started our careers together in public accounting and we were actually cube mates when we first started our careers as little babies. And, um, that's how we knew each other. And we've been good friends ever since. I mean, we've worked together for all those 10 years, except for I think a two year window in between. And, um, so at our last job, Corey had, I guess, when did you get back into the hobby, Corey? I got in, so I'm I'm primarily. I mean, I I follow pretty much all the sports pretty closely, um, but I, I like basketball the most. So I, I always remember it by year now. And it's funny how you can kind of like keep track of all the rookie classes now because you know what design of the card it is and whatnot. But so I, I very vividly remember that I started in the 17, 18 basketball year. Um, so like like Mitchell's and Tatum's were my first like modern chase guys. Um, so a few years ago, yeah, around towards the end of the 17, 18 basketball um, hobby season, I guess. Yeah. And so just when working together, just in lunch breaks, just shooting the shit, like, uh, 
Corey started talking to me about it about that time and trying to convince me to get back into it just because he was really into it. And I was, I was someone that grew up, um, you know, being obsessed with Ken Griffey Jr. and collecting Griffey cards and back home in my childhood, uh, closet. I still have, you know, several boxes of, uh, pretty worthless at this point, Griffey junk wax cards, but, um, it's, it's fun to go back and look at them. But, um, anyway, yeah. So just in those conversations, Corey, you know, trying to convince me to get back into it and saying how much fun he was having with it. And eventually, uh, he won me over and started to get back into it. And, and, um, as far as my PC stuff goes, I'm pretty all over the place. Uh, a lot of basketball, a lot of like Bowman first baseball. Uh, baseball was my first passion growing up, um, obviously. But yeah, just so in those conversations, uh, first Corey won me over to to get back into the hobby. And then beyond that, um, we were just started talking about the marketplace environment and how there wasn't really a marketplace that, that we would want to use. Um, and. No, you're good. You're good. Um, but I want to see your yeah. beautiful face <laughs> and my beautiful <laughs> apartment. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so the conversation just kind of stemmed from that in that, um, yeah, like I said, we didn't, the marketplace that we would want to use didn't exist. And it just so happens that my little brother is a software developer and Corey's brother is also an avid hobbyist. And so we got, um, just built a team and started really thinking about what the marketplace that we would like to use would look like. And so, I mean, I guess that was about, mid 2020 when we really sat down and started kind of crafting our ideas, building it out, like what we would want to see. We knew we would want a marketplace that permitted the sale of raw cards and slabs as well as lots and wax for that matter that we'd want it to be open to everyone. Um, and yeah. And so we went through the process of really building it from the ground up of everything that we would want to see. So, you know, the whole site's tailor made for sports cards, the listing process, the, um, the filter filtering process, the search features all tailor made just for sports cards. So in our opinion and in theory, you know, it's really quick and intuitive and easy. And, um, you know, beyond that, as hobbyists, we were aware of the complaints that people had about the hobby, like the fact that, um, I guess the non-payment issue, which is, you know, kind of silly in our perspective that that's a thing, but we were sure to include in our site, the, um, pre-approved guaranteed payments. Um, and, you know, as far as the marketplace environment right now, the vault options, um, are fairly prevalent, but we weren't really fans of that. We like being able to hold and enjoy our cards. And in our perspective, it's a, if you can't do that, it's, it's almost, you know, if you can't hold it and enjoy it and appreciate it, it's almost kind of 
feels like a little bit like what's the point. So yeah, we're definitely not the vault option. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it grew from the perspective of as hobbyists trying to build something that would serve the hobby as, as best as possible. And, and that's still where our heads are at. You know, we, uh, we love getting feedback about ways to improve the site. We love uh, hearing suggestions on, uh, yeah, features that we could build going forward. Um, and, uh, and that's where we continue to be, you know, just trying to serve the hobby and, and build the best marketplace that, from our perspective, serves the hobby as, as best as we can. So that's where we continue to, to operate. Um, so, you know, if you guys have ideas of features that you would like to see in a marketplace, you know, don't hesitate to ever reach out and let us know. But um, Corey, did I miss anything or? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think um, we, we, we really do come from a place where, you know, we were in the hobby first, just as collectors and, um, you know, like Sean was stressing about the vault options, I think that that's not necessarily something that a lot of collectors really enjoy. I mean, certainly I don't. Um, but, you know, we kind of understand the mechanics of like buying and selling cards now um, down to, you know, the costs and all that stuff. So, you know, there can be cost savings with the vault options, not knocking those in any way. Um, it's just not for us, right? Um, like, you know, I spend more time than I like to admit, you know, like weekends and just enjoying them and that's part of the fun. Um, so I like to have them in hand. Um, and yeah, more than anything, we, we're also trying to be like as transparent as we can about kind of how we use the fee, right? Like, you know, we take a fee, of course, and, you know, we have to keep our site up and running as well. Um, but like, for example, you know, we, we started spending on Google, Google advertisements as well. Um, so stuff like that is, you know, hopefully um, the sellers kind of see a value add in terms of, you know, where their fee goes. And it's not just like going straight into our pockets or anything like that. Um, certainly, like I said, you know, you know, we want to see this thing keep going. So we need to, to do that um, in that regard. But yeah, we're trying to explain kind of how we use that fee, how we kind of back the seller up, back the buyer up and, and resolve the disputes um, should they come up. For, yeah, for, the hobbies, for the hobbyists and, and just for listeners, what is your fee percentage just so that way they can kind of get a gauge as opposed to paying that 13% fee from eBay? Yeah, so we actually talked at length about fees. And so um, what we learned is that as far as the payment processing fee, it's kind of hard to get around that, you know, about 3% fee. I think it's 2.9% plus 30. Uh-oh. Did we lose Corey? Corey, step up your internet game, man. Oh, oh there he is. Oh, okay. It's the Burger King internet joke. Thing, so sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's uh, so we, we realized it was kind of hard to get around that 3%. Um, unless you kind of have your own like site ecosystem where, you know, people deposit money and kind of like just credits are really flying around the site. And then, you know, you cash out at a certain point in time, which was, you know, I think more trouble than it's worth um, for a lot of people. So, so there's that base 3% and our stated rate is 5%. Um, but we actually launched at 2% as like a promotional launch rate. We also had a promotion at 0% for a while um, just to kind of get people to try out the site, give them a chance to get to know the site. And to be honest, our, our, our plan is to have that 5% um, stated rate, but to kind of have different avenues, you know, where we could work with other folks to try and get a better rate for the sellers um, and, and work with other folks like you guys, you know, where we could have a promotional rate um, through a partnership or something like that. So I guess I would say 5% or lower for the site sellers, uh, the site fee plus the, the payment processing fee. 
And the well, truth that's is, that's a lot better the, than twelve percent, thirteen percent. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> and the truth is, uh, you know, we are allowing the sale of raw cars, and you maybe do need to be a little more hands-on in the any sort of dispute process or anything like that. So it does take a little bit more on our end, um, mm-hmm. just to manage that and mediate that. And um, and we are open to everyone, and we have mechanisms built into the site to protect buyers and sellers, but, uh, but it, you know, it does take some stuff on our end. And then beyond that, you want to get as, like Corey said, you want to get as many eyeballs on cars as possible. So they're, yeah, you do have to, to advertise and, uh, we do advertise, um, new listings through, through IG, through, through Google. So, you know, that a lot of that money goes back to benefit the, um, the seller themselves. Yep. Understandable. Got to be able to promote your stuff, be able to get people to come in and use the marketplace. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just like anything else business. I mean, you got to have money to promote yourself to gain money. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how I found you guys on Instagram, you know, promoting the business of, yeah, who's the, the new listings and then getting kind of familiar with the website and seeing it like it's very, you know, it's easy to use. It's nicely built. Um, so we can't, you know, we want everybody to go kind of check it out. So Sean, if you could kind of tell them the, the website address and where they can find you kind of like on Instagram or anywhere else. So yeah, the website is prospect.cards and yes, that is a valid URL, the dot cards. Um, but, uh, and the Instagram handle is prospect.cards as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'd love to get more people on the site, get more people checking out the Instagram. So I appreciate that. Do you guys know how many users you have right now on your marketplace? Yeah, it's right now about 2000. Um, and trends are good. I mean, like you said, feedback is good and we're, um, yeah, continuing to, to spend and try and grow that. And the site did just launch in February. And as you guys know, it's, it's a fairly noisy time to launch a sports card, you know, as far as noise in the environment. Um, but again, I mean, feedback is really good. People really do seem to enjoy it. And, uh, so, you know, we're committed to keep trying to grow it as much as we can. And, um, and, serve the community as best we can for sure. And I, I think, you, you know, you made a great point that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, chatter, a lot of things going on in the hobby, the community all at once um, things popping up. I think you guys are at the right market. Um, obviously with the percentages being the big thing for the sellers. Now me and Neil are very critical about, you know, the new grading companies, the, the half-assed top loader companies, you know, people just trying to do things to make quick money on the side for the hobby. And I think you guys are doing the right thing in using the marketplace to help sellers because that's what we're all trying to do. We're either buy, sell, trade. That's, that's the goal. It's not, you're not buying a box of cards to rip <clears throat> to keep every single card. Like that's so you have to have a great marketplace to move. And I think your marketplace is right up there with one of the best. 
Yeah, you well, guys, uh, you guys do well, and I think one of the hardest parts, obviously, in in your space of of creating a marketplace, user marketplace for buying, selling, and trading is, um, you know, eBay is probably really the one marketplace that does raw cards. My slabs is strictly just slabs, and your guys, you guys have the best of both worlds in that. So when you can limit the amount of fees like you guys do, but still provide an opportunity for people to buy raw cards that they may be looking for rather than buying high-end slabs or things that are graded. Maybe they're trying to flip. You know, I think your community, your marketplace provides them a substantial opportunity to buy, to sell, to do those things that they may not want to do through, through eBay and still be able to limit their fees and, and succeed yeah. in what they want to do, whether it's making money or growing their collection. Um, you guys are able to do that well. Then, yeah, appreciate that. And just as far as the fees go, like the mindset really is to keep it as low as possible. You know, if we're able to, you know, like we want to help the community and if we're able to develop another revenue stream somehow, like, and we have thoughts about that, but you know, whatever we can do to keep the fees low, like that's what we're trying to do. Um, and so, yeah, we definitely have thoughts about ways to do that in the future, but, um, but that's a little bit down the line. Um, yeah. And I think, I guess to elaborate a little bit more on the, on the sale of raw cards. Um, yeah. I think this is kind of the, like a good time for that. Obviously there's grading company constraints at the moment. Um, other ones popping up, people have some, you know, reticence about the new ones and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think also it's about like developing kind of a healthy expectation for that type of stuff. So, you know, if you go to our buying guidelines and that sort of thing, you know, we express these state on the raw cards that are like, look, this, you know, you can't be expecting that you're going to buy a card that's going to grade out a PSA 10, you know, like the seller probably earned their first right of refusal by getting that from a break or ripping that card themselves. That shouldn't be the expectation. And I think that, you know, on eBay, that's kind of been one of the complaints is that everybody thinks they're buying PSA 10 raw cards and like, um, you know, we made this marketplace because we felt that as this thing kind of blew up during COVID that, you know, sports eBay is not a sports card, um, strictly a sports card marketplace, right? Um, and it's get, it was getting large enough that we thought it kind of justified its own space to, to buy and sell because, I mean, this is doing billions of dollars a year at this point. Um, mm -hmm. If, not a, so, if yeah. not a quarter, I think I think eBay's last report was like that they did a billion dollars in the quarter, I think maybe in the I quarter. Oh God! Uh, so yeah. if, if someone if someone knows otherwise, they can correct me. But I think that I saw that actually. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, they so did a million just on a few cards themselves. So I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. a billion doesn't sound too far off, especially yeah. with how big they are. But I mean, that's yeah. what that's what happens when you've been around since I don't know ninety eight two thousand. <laughs> yeah, and I think I had mentioned to you guys previously, but there's just other benefits to having. Uh, a card marketplace that's devoted to cards. I mean, um, you know, there's opportunity to develop more community features to, to really build a, like a home for the community kind of, and have it be more interactive. You know, that's something that uh, a big marketplace that's not purely sports card that they're mm -hmm. not going to be able to do. Not to mention that the, you know, the, the actual functionality isn't tailored just to sports cards. Yeah. And that's actually one of the places that our heads, our team's heads have been 
lately is just kind of building out like more of the community aspect of that. And like I said, that you know, along with that comes with like the healthier expectations about cars. You know, the sellers are still expected to provide as many close-up photos or call out, you know, egregious things on the card. But like, I don't know. I think just getting back to the days where, you know, you can have a card, it doesn't have to be slabbed and you can still enjoy it. You know, that's how I feel about the hobby. That's how I approach it. You know, I collect my Angels cards, my Lakers cards. Um, they're not all slabbed. I, I enjoy them, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think the price should reflect that. And, you know, you don't want to think you're buying a $20 raw card that's going to grade out a PSA 10 and it's cost 250 when it's a PSA 10. Like, that's just, yeah, that's not the right expectation to have. And, and we've had a, actually had a buyer that reached out and was, like, amazed with this Lamar Jackson um colored parallel that he bought and was like this is pristine it is amazing and stuff and yeah we, we hope that you you hit hit on some of those once in a while and get to enjoy that but you know that shouldn't be the expectation also at the same time if you look at the site uh you know we have six six images we allow for each sale and the images are very high res so like you can actually see the details and we encourage sellers to do that uh you know ideally get as many high quality images on there as possible. And you can actually really see uh, the quality of the, of the card. Yeah. I think that's a big thing that probably isn't taken into account is like, and something that, you know, maybe I can just say for the hobby in general, as we've gotten so big that we've neglected to truly go back to some of our roots. And that's truly based on honesty and integrity um, well, because in this hobby, we all know your reputation is everything. So if you can't, if you can't be an honest seller and honest buyer, you know, it's almost like we don't need you here. We're trying to create something that's bigger than ourselves, bigger than the hobby. You know, people who, who donate, who create charities, it's, it's not, it's not about just purely money. It's about enjoying a hobby for what it is and what it means and, to and, all of us. And, and the community, you know, like, uh, and I guess, you know, not to rip on like the vault, things too much but it, it does feel kind of impersonal and uh you know the tangibility uh, is very important yeah i mean part of yeah we'll agree um but and also just the interaction you know if it's just that little bit more of interaction where you're getting a card shipped from someone like and uh and getting a nice note from them saying like hey really appreciate your business or whatever but um but yeah also you know the card shows and it the I mean, yeah, when you take the the interaction and the, the community and the personality, like the interaction out of it, uh, it kind of loses a lot of its luster. It kind of loses a lot of its fun. Um, you know, that's a lot of what people enjoy about it, bringing people together, you know, which is something that's uh, very needed in 2021, you know. <laughs> yeah, and we've kind of, you know, we've kind of seen this on almost every podcast we've done we've got to talk to like slab stock Aaron and you know, a guy who started from absolutely nothing to putting on a charity event at the nationals and raising over a hundred thousand dollars. Like, you know, you, you come to see the best of people. Now, sometimes you see those scumbags at, you know, the nationals or but he's stealing cards, those dickwads who deserve to get beat up. But I'd say 98% yeah. of the people in this hobby are good people who are looking to help out others, you know, kids, like what, like you said, Sean, what this world needs in 2021. So I think, you know, 
kind of also like what you said, like when I sell somebody something, like, you know, I put, you know, the podcast card in it, write them a little note, thank them. Um, and, you know, it's that personal connection of, you know, thanking you for your business. I mean, you didn't have to buy my card. Um, and, you know, I do the same. It's just like leaving feedback. Like mm. we're not buying, like me and Neil are on a kick right now where we're not really looking at graded cards. We're looking for game used on cards, on autos. Like that's our thing right now. And, you know, I get more enjoyment out of, out of, out of that finding those, those nice dirty beat up patches like yeah psa cards bgs cards are cool right now but man i can't beat like neil your 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 double patch gronk or your tony gonzalez that you post color one yeah 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 whatever (laughs) (laughs) or your rate wait you that austin eckler one you sent me the psa six i bought that one did you yeah because i i talked to burbank a lot they're the one that i bought that black the black refractor LeBron. <clears throat> I bought that through them uh, a few months ago and I I just texted it. I just texted them. I'm like, hey, like what can we do on this deal? Just so that way I can buy from your website and I don't have to deal with paying twenty five dollars yeah. in taxes and fees. Because you just wanted an Austin Eckler like mine. Yeah, but the Austin Eckler that patch is like dirty. It looks like he's got a poop stain on it. It does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna turn the the interview on its head. So Corey, you're you're a big basketball guy, correct? Yep, yep. All right, here's your question: Jordan oh, or LeBron? I swear to God, if oh, you get this God. question, you're getting out of the podcast. Here we're we go. Here comes God. the boot. I know the right answer. <laughs> oh God, I think I know the right answer, but my heart's telling me something else. No, trust oh, your heart. Trust your heart. Trust your heart. Oh God, what you what does your heart answer? say? Yeah, always my trust heart, your heart. I'm sorry, my heart says Jordan, and I'm a Lakers guy. Oh. <laughs> um, Caleb, you're in control. You can. <laughs> no, I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys a story though. Actually, uh, so when we founded the company, uh, you know, so we had to write up our org docs and the the class, the voting class, cause it's a, it's, it was a mix of people, but the voting class of shareholders was called class LBJRC. Cause uh, this is not a lie. This is not a lie. This is, this is not a lie. If you look at it, if you look at our org docs, that for, you know, the only people that are distinguished and have the taste and sophistication to, a, to own an LBJRC are the people that have the voting rights in the company. And we and we both are a class LBJRC. I'll say that. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he said Jordan. I'm surprised. I, I did not. I I thought when I said follow your heart that 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 was uh, the yeah. yeah but, okay, but what, I will say this. Why, okay, I did a <laughs> on Facebook. I do a um, a top twenty five or top twenty players in in NBA history that I do every year with a couple guys. He, he does like a statistical analysis on all of them and gives them a rating and a score this past year. And every year I have voted Michael Jordan as the number one player ever only because LeBron hasn't hit some statistical measures yet that he will, that I think can help build his case. Now, in two, three years, LeBron will have 40,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,500 assists. He'll be top 
three all-time in assists, top 25 in rebounds, and number one overall point score. Then I think that's a legitimate argument with four championships. If LeBron has five championships, then there's even better argument. But I will say right now Michael Jordan has number one. LeBron will get there, though. Look, I think at I think at five it's it's not even a question, and I I, I think agreed. I'm, I try I try to stay pretty objective. I mean, I'm a Lakers guy, and I've had many a debate about you know Kobe versus LeBron, and you know obviously LeBron to me still, you know I'm a pretty I think I'm a pretty objective fan, you know um, obviously Jordan's got the six for six, but LeBron shouldn't be penalized for making finals early in his career like 07. Um, I do hold the first. Heat for, locked to for, Dallas. Car- for carrying teams. For carrying to, uh, to that squad and, and getting swept by the Spurs. That doesn't go against him in my book. Um, but I do hold the first heat loss to Dirk and the Mavs against him. Um, I think that's a big, a little bit of a stain on him. Um, and I think that the second Spurs, um, that was a very good team. Uh, but I, I, th- I think that he should have pulled it out. Now, how many, how many uh, all-stars, not all-stars, how many Hall of Famers were on that Spurs team that he played? The one, in against, right? the one that he lost the second time. The second time? with So that was Kawhi, Tim Duncan. Kawhi, Tony legs. Parker, Manu. Yeah, and Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Who else was on that team? Oh, man. I, I, don't, I, don't, even, Patty I Mills. don't even really. Yeah, Patty Mills for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Was Danny like, Green uh, on there? Aussie. Aussie he was. Danny, Danny Green was also on there. You're right. Um, I don't know. Just remembering that run, that, that Spurs team was like, incredible to watch offensively they were like one of those some is great some is greater than the or you know the whole is greater than the sum of their parts type of team offensively like yeah they just didn't make mistakes they looked like a well-oiled machine every single game i don't really hold that one too much against him but even in a 50 50 series you know (laughs) yeah you want to see him expect him yeah you want to see him come out on top in that series if he's going to be the goat right um yep but I think the one area where he gets a ton of credit, obviously, is just literally being a walking Eastern Conference finals guy or finals guy in the East, like eight straight finals or something crazy in the East, changing teams. Obviously, missed the first year with the Lakers and then back in the finals the next year with the ship. Um, and then just winning on three different franchises. Um, that's and so being hard to do. And the finals MVP on each yeah, one. Yeah, and, be, and being the finals MVP. Obviously, you know, you can make the argument that <clears throat> Jordan did it all in one franchise. He never even had the opportunity to change teams, but... Uh, that, I don't. I don't buy that. LeBron never got all the help that Jordan did. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't deny that either. And I'm. I'm no Jordan Homer, but I just. I think that he needs a little bit more to me. Uh, a fifth championship is more than enough. He doesn't need six. He doesn't need seven. But. Uh, but I want to see a little bit more. And, and the, the incredible thing is that guy's just a cyborg. So his career is not over. You know, he still has something left in the tank clearly. And and even an 85 percent of peak LeBron is. It's still scary for the league. That's still a top five guy. So, as a as a Nuggets homer, I'm just going to say that I'm I'm just disappointed that Jokic wasn't even included as an option in, in that in that debate. You know, the goat, the goat, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> Where's he from? What uh, country? Serbia. 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 Yeah. Well, maybe he's just the Serbian goat. How about that? We'll give you that. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, as as the as his the story team. his story is still being written. As the pacer right. guy, I'm just hoping that Jermaine O'Neal comes back to just start punching people in the face. Like, oh, man. That's all I have because the, the pacers have, since Reggie Miller have been trash. 
I, I have to say, Jermaine O'Neal was a once built beer away from spending his life in prison. If he did not slip on that beer and he slugged that guy across the face, I'm convinced that guy would have died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Greatest yeah. right hand in basketball history. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Did you maybe, watch maybe uh, Jake Paul? I, I haven't right watched hand. the documentary yet. I haven't it's watched a, it. Amazing, do, amazing documentary. I've, I've heard it's super good. And, I, and it's like never before seen footage, too, and stuff, right? Oh, mate, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. got like all the security footage, you know, all the sit downs <laughs> with the guys you want to hear from. Like it's it's legit. And then Jermaine O'Neal did a 45 minute podcast with Jim Rome. And that was really, really good, too. Like because I remember as a kid watching it live and thinking, like, are they really fight? Is this on live TV? <laughs> yeah. Are they really fighting fans? Like this yeah. isn't this is it's not WWE. WWE was last night. Yeah, <laughs> Raw, Raw was yesterday. Like they're slugging fans. Like this is awesome. <laughs> and you know what's what's funny is and Reggie Miller says it correct. That was the last opportunity for the Pacers to make it to the finals and probably win a world championship because they were just coming off the finals loss to uh, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So you know the team they had acquired. And the guys, the pieces they had in place, you know, they were unstoppable in the East. But, you know, you also had a bunch of hotheads together and Ron Artest and Steven Jackson Jackson and. Yeah. Oh, and it ruined. I mean, it ruined Jermaine O'Neal's career. Yeah, he was nothing after that. Nope. Yeah, he was like a he was like a top three in MVP voting one year. Oh, yeah. He was a big time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, definitely not the same after that, for sure. Nope. No, he was not. <laughs> but I don't. Now it's football season, so since you guys are you guys are LA guys, who is your football team? I I'll start. <laughs> I'll start. I I I've struggled to. So I was born and raised in New Mexico, and so I didn't grow up with like uh, an an obvious pick. I I rooted for the 49ers uh, growing up, just Jerry Rice, like, uh, and a lot of people from New Mexico do like, uh, Broncos and Cowboys, but over time I, I evolved into a, a Seahawks fan, the Pete Carroll connection. And then I just, and you know, I, I said that I was a Griffey, big Griffey fan growing up. So I just, for whatever reason, got into Seattle sports teams. And, uh, so definitely Seahawks right now. I, yeah, I have not been able to adopt. Well, I mean, it in general, I have not really been able to, in my heart of hearts, adopt any of the LA teams since I've moved out here. Um, and yeah, I, I tried. I tried with the Lakers. I tried with the Clippers. I tried to really feel it with the Dodgers, but uh, but haven't really been able to, in my actual, in my true heart of hearts, really embrace any of the LA teams so far. Yeah, and for me, yeah, for me, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a fan per se of any of them. I am partial to a couple teams, so I've always grown up in in like the Orange County area of, of Southern California. So all my friends were Chargers fans growing up. Like you know, San Diego's they skew more Chargers, and then obviously no LA team when I was growing up. Um, and then I actually went did some school in uh in Texas as well, so I'm a Longhorn too. Um, so yeah, had some have some connections to that to to the Cowboys as well. Um, 
So that's always a, that's always that's always fun for Corey and I to talk about the, the USC Texas game, the Rose Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always a. And then we had we've had some regular season matchups uh, within the past few years. Uh, yeah, we went so. to we went to one of the games uh, a few years, actually more than it's probably like five six years now. No, not that long because because Ellinger was still the quarterback. Maybe like three or four years ago, um, we lost yeah, by a few goal at the Coliseum. It, it wasn't fun. It's, it's been a little rough for both the SC and the Texas guys uh, the past handful of years. So, of course, and you know how like you know SEC's running the game. Everybody wants to jump to the SEC. No, how- Alabama's running the game. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's let's, let's yeah. be real. Alabama needs to make their own conference. Them, they play themselves. Yeah, of the year. A squad versus B squad. So, yeah. Sean, being an being a USC guy. You know, Dylan, our third partner, is huge Reggie Bush USC guy. Like PC Reggie Bush USC, not not Reggie Bush NFL, just Reggie Bush USC. In your opinion, with the the new you know pay for play type of college football, it's way different from when I was playing college football. But the way it is now, should Reggie have got his Heisman back? Yeah. I think so. Um, I mean, I mean, it was. I guess you know, it was kind of egregious. The like, you know, three hundred thousand dollar house, and you know, that, that's that's pushing it a little bit. But no, I think so. I mean, I mean, and so, and I'll say actually that I I went to SC. Oh uh, four was my first year. Oh five was my second year. So that Rose Bowl game against Texas, that we, that was the first time that I saw my team ever lose. I, I didn't think it was possible. I thought we like I was just so used to SC finding a way. Second half coming back, Matt Lina, Reggie Bush finding uh, that. Yeah, that was like a that was like a, a real mind fuck to me, a real shock to like what? It's possible. It's possible for us not to win. But oh yeah, so I mean I I was lucky, man. I was. All, all the great Reggie highlights. Uh, yeah, I was there for those. Um, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a fun time for sure. But yeah, of course, just giving back the Heisman, like it's stupid. Hey, shit. I mean, you got kids. You got like the redshirt freshman from Ohio State, the kid with the blonde mullets, making one point three million. One point three million. Like that's ridiculous. You know, that guy was a Longhorn, yeah. a Longhorn commit. <laughs> yeah, he decommitted. Yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, you look at stuff like this. I mean, Eric Dickerson, uh, SMU gave him, you know, his house and gave him a house, a car, and his family a house to get him to come to SMU. I mean, they've been doing it forever. No yeah, longer yeah. the death penalty. But the guy who did, who, you know, who set up all that with Reggie Bush, his name's Mike Ornstein. Mike Ornstein was his agent slash marketing guy, went to my university. He's, uh, he's a lot, lot older, but that dude, I saw him paying paying players in the FCS level back, I mean, in, back when I was playing. Let, let's be real. I think it happens probably at all levels. If there's an incentive to do it, it happens, and SD got caught. Um, and sometimes, they, you know, they want to make an example. Um, and it, it yeah. was over the top, I think, and especially in the context of oh, very over what's the top, happening now. Dude. Like those yeah, scho- we were, we were no so winning. down on scholarships for so many years. Like it was, yeah, it, it was a lot. Yeah. The, yeah. the bowl game bans and all that yeah. stupid stuff. But here's my take on it always. And I always say this. 
So Reggie Bush gets to has to lose his Heisman, but OJ gets to keep his. <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay. Reggie Reggie Bush has to lose it, but OJ. But o- they, the NCAA doesn't take away OJ's. Yeah, it don't make sense. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> how 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 does the NCAA not take away OJ's? Well, I get the the court the jury ruled innocent <laughs> because it's the NCAA and they're a bunch of. Yeah, no, NCAA is like... It's a building in Indianapolis that means nothing. Exactly. And they're they're shaking in their boots right now because of everything that's going on. So we'll see how much longer they're even around for. Absolutely. And, you know, now the conferences and the the money of the TV deals is going to run everything. It's going to be kind of like an NFL where almost everybody could be an independent league, independent team and, you know, Schedule your own games. Like you could see that kind of like the wild, wild west. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna I mean, be, I don't it's even gonna think... be a weird place. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the evolution of it all. Like it's going to, yeah, it's going to be weird to see how it shakes out kind of. Yeah. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think they have, you know, any seat at the table for the college football playoffs. So it's really this NCAA basketball tournament, which is just branded with their name and all this. That's really that they're hanging on by a thread to right now. And, We'll see as you know the conferences kind of shift away from that or decide to you know have more money in their own pockets. What what really happens with this governing body that, that does nothing more than fleece the student athletes? That's <laughs> real. Yeah, yeah. It was when I was playing. It was such a crock. Like some I've told this story on the podcast before. Like some guy wanted to give the team T-shirts, and the NCAA said no because it's like an extra benefit. I was like, you know, some of these guys are from like. Yeah. Amokali, Florida, up here in Indiana. Like, let the let the dude have a T-shirt. He's got no money. <laughs> He's living on the stipend check week to week. Like, come on, man. like the NCAA, and especially for like walk-on status. So, like when I I walked onto the team, and you know, I wasn't allowed to eat with the team. I wasn't allowed to have team gear. I was just, Whoa. yeah. So I was basically just like show up, get beat up, go home. Like, like I had no for six months because I wasn't technically a whatever the NCAA wants to call it, like a college player, I had no insurance. So if I got hurt, (laughs) if I got hurt and I remember uh, I broke three ribs and basically had to tough it out for, for about half the season. But, you know, it was part of it. Live, learn. It was fun back then. What did that feel like taking hits with three broken ribs? Uh, Toradol and Vicodin are your friends. Okay, <laughs> are your friends? They yeah. I'm going just... going to Mama's cabinet, Grandma's cabinet. Find find anything you can't pronounce. Take it. That's no, just that's take handfuls of it. Especially when you're playing kickoff and kickoff return. Like the f- so I had broken. So we're in a pat, not a padded practice, but kind of like a shells. Just so we're just like helmets, shorts and jerseys and we're just you know warming up it's our bye week and we're just doing tackling drills and one of the linebackers come up to me and wraps up and just like hits the sides of my ribs and i can hear it and feel it and it's just automatically like all the wind goes out of you so i go to the training staff and we take x-rays and it's just like oh those are broken well you can't do much with a broken rib except you know pad up and you know i'm playing on special teams and as a walk-on, it's just like I'm getting playing time, so I'm not, you know, gonna say nothing. But every time somebody would just like tap me, it would just be like, oh, 
and I would walk over to the bench and just like squat down and try to catch my breath. And it was a rough, rough weeks. But was was Kellen your AT when you were there? Who? Kellen. Kellen Norris. Sounds familiar. He he's he's one of the ATs there now. He was he worked at Indiana State before he came to the Colts. I'd have, I'd have to when see I was it. with them, and then he well, he went back. I'd have to see a picture of him. Oh yeah yeah yeah, the guy with the Colts guy. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiky hair. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. He's a nice guy. Yeah. <sighs> the good shots. I love yep. it. I love it. So yes, they they take all the good drugs in college football too. Whatever to get you to the next game. Mm-hmm. That's the business. But what what was Drew Brees playing with? Uh, was it last year or two years ago? How many how many broken ribs? Did he, he had like 11. A, a punctured lug and eleven broken ribs. Yeah, yeah. playing with that. Or so, so, so come on, Caleb. Come on, man. Yeah. We, or we, Andrew we Luck saw, with the, Andrew Luck with the lacerated spleen, spleen or To <laughs> To with the broken leg in oh. the Super Bowl game. I mean, we were talking. That to, was nuts. We talked to my buddy Chris last week who played in the Super Bowl for the Patriots. He had a torn calf muscle and was on the opening <laughs> kickoff of the Super Bowl, sprinting down. Oh, and he played the Super Bowl with a torn calf. I mean, you 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 feel you find out in football like it's you're gonna get injured, but are you gonna play through it? And how much are you willing to sacrifice like your long term health? Like mm. like talking with Chris, he's had. He played six years and he had seven major surgeries. He tore his, the same groin muscle three times. Like, oh man, it's it's part of it. it's part of it. It was fun. Now back now, I look all, back at it and I'm like, oh, that was stupid. It's all for the glory <laughs> of a Super Bowl ring, right? Hey, I yeah, wish I had uh, a Super Bowl ring. I, I won't complain about my tender shoulder from my from my tennis playing anymore, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, it's a little tender. It's a little hey, tender. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Our friend uh, Gordon Hayward was a state champion tennis player, and then he became a basketball superstar. Yeah, he grew five inches over the summer, and he's like, well, I guess I'll go play basketball now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they say about Mac Jones. Like, that wasn't that his scouting report was that he grew up a tennis player in a tennis family, and so he had such uh, perfect footwork in the pocket just from that tennis lateral <laughs> movement. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> But hey, he's dropping dimes. Did, it, did he also get the beer gut from his family too? <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Uh, might be <laughs> That's an early Alabama beer gut because of like a four-two. <laughs> That's my goal. So, well, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, once again, appreciate Corey and Sean for taking the time, um, hanging out with us, guys. Remember, go to prospect.cards. Go to the website. Check them out. Go check them out on Instagram. Uh, once again, guys, thank you guys for your time. Um, hopefully everyone goes follow you. We'll, uh, promote this. Remember you can listen to this, not only on all of our social media pages, but we're on Spotify and it always goes up the very next day. So take it, take it guys. It was fun. Absolutely guys. Hopefully we can get you guys back on later in the season. Um, but yeah, guys, listen, go download it on Spotify. Go listen to it on the social media, on YouTube, on it's on my Twitter. Follow me and Doughboy on sports car on Doughboy Sports Cards One. Me Showtime Sports Cards. So until next time, we'll see you later. Peace.